Hey, it's Pete. A familiar voice, hopefully. Uh, anyway, I want to take a quick moment to highlight the amazing work of the team here at Your Money Line. A few years ago, we noticed this weird, nasty trend that people had financial questions, they had challenges, they had this missing piece to their financial puzzle, and they weren't getting the answers. So then they get stuck, they get paralyzed, and they wouldn't take action, and their financial life would meander and loiter in a bad place. So that's why we created this place. Uh, we have an employee benefit company, and it's called Your Money Line, and that's what it does. We help companies succeed by improving the financial lives of their most valuable asset. Not their break room, their employees. Everything we talk about is confidential. And you get access to a certified financial expert to get all your money questions answered, big or small. That's your money line. So bring your money line to your company. Check us out at yourmoneyline.com or any of the social networks you happened to deal with on a regular basis. Good day to you. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. That's how the show works. It's the holiday edition, one of the holiday editions of the Pete the Planner Show. Email us at askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. Happy Kwanzaa. And we will answer your questions. By we, I mean Damien Dunn, who joins us now. Hello, Dame. Happy Hanukkah, Pete. Happy Christmas, my friend. Uh, so welcome back to the show. You're, of course, the Director of Personal Financial Strategies here at Your Money Line. Dan, we have a fun announcement coming up later in the show. We also have special guest Queen of the Desert, Ooh. Kristen, from the Your Money Line team, will be here. Wow. I feel like she's angling for your job, I'm going to be honest. Well, to be perfectly honest, she could probably do it. Uh, you can remove the probably. Okay, Dame, first question this week uh, from a guy named Kyle. Pete, good talk on the current podcast about the inheritance and mortgage home payoff. Uh, so you know what that means? That means the guy was listening to the show when he wrote this email. He has some few follow-up questions. He says, I currently have a dollars to $175,000 house, wide range, but upwards while the market is high. A few of my friends who are realtors think I can get one seventy-five dollars to $180,000. i am thinking more one sixty. dollars I refinanced about four years ago. From a 30-year to a 15-year, I purchased it originally in 2008, and my interest rate is now 4.5, and I owe 41689 so roughly $100,000 or so in equity, and he only pays $638 a month. And so his questions are, should he, he's got several questions. Okay, so that's, are you good so far? Buddy? I think so. I think I'm tracking. Okay. All right, a lot of questions here. Okay. Number one, should I sell and try to make a decent chunk of money and best half of it with my current financial advisor and then put $50,000 on the down payment on another home? All right, dude, do you, uh, Dame, do you want to hit these in order? Or do you feel like you want to hear all the questions before we, we attack the questions? Let's, let's hit all the questions so we can see if there's a, a theme evolving here. All right. Second question, uh, sell the house, invest half and stack the rest in the bank and rent a bad A <clears throat> apartment in the downtown area. Uh, okay. Uh, stay in the house and not worry about a higher payment. Uh, next is I've looked at a few houses. I'm in a great spot to make some money, invest more for my future. However, I also don't want to buy or build a house for $250,000 uh, and have double the payment. And I know that while making money in the current housing market, I'm going to spend more too. And finally, 
For what it's worth, I've never dipped into any of my investments, Roth or 401k, and only have uh, only other debt besides my house is a car payment, which is $335 a month. I put a down payment on that of $15,000 and uh, borrowed uh, $17,000. It's down to $10,000 now. No credit card debt. Uh, so basically, a guy just wants to know what to do. Things have gone pretty well for him. He just wants to know what to do. So what do you think? I wonder what Kyle's power percentage is. I know Kyle. I think it's important to say. Oh. This guy takes his life seriously. I mean, he's a great dude. What's right? he doing but, listening to us? That's a good point. I think he asked you for work. Um, I would guess his power percentage is in the high 20s to low 30s is okay. my guess, which is really good. And younger single guy, I'm guessing? Yeah, I would guess him probably mid 30s, probably okay. and single. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, okay, so let's go back to the, the question at hand is with a person that has $100,000 in equity, they like their place. Does it make sense to sell a home where the situation is fine in order to lock in the fineness? Does that make sense? <laughs> um, to me, not really. I mean, if, if you're comfortable where you're at and you are arguably doing really well with everything else man, keep going down the path that you're on, get mortgage free and then start using that freed up cash flow to do all the other stuff. He's, it's not going to be long. If he wanted to focus on, um, getting that mortgage, uh, taken care of, he could. And, you know, uh, he said his payments only 600 and some bucks a month right now. Yeah. If he goes out and buys another house, even with great rates and he's looking at, uh, you know, I think he said building or buying a 200, $250,000 house. He's right. Payment's going to go up uh, uh, significantly, especially if it sticks with a 15-year mortgage, which we would encourage. Um, why not just throw some extra cash at the mortgage, get rid of it, and then uh, have some serious advantages? If the housing market takes another dive, have some cash set aside to, to be uh, opportunistic in the future. Yeah, I'm with you. $41,000 uh, is what he still owes on, mm -hmm. on the mortgage. What about this? So I'm with you. I'm with you so far. What do you think about the idea of renting this house and then buying another house that he will live in as his primary residence? Because I feel like he could make some major cash flow on a rental here and even make up for vacancy because of the aggressive nature of the cash flow. Sure. I, I mean, he'd have great cash flow. Most likely his mortgage payment is probably going to be relatively insignificant compared to what he's going to make in a uh, potential rent and maybe not insignificant, but uh, a, a huge margin between the rent and the, the mortgage payment. Um, and he could use that to subsidize part of uh, his, uh, his next payment if he wanted to. Uh, but yeah, if he's willing to be a, a, a landlord, that's the big question. How much uh, of somebody else's crap do you want to have to put up with in a property that you own? So uh, it's not for everybody. That's for sure. But it, that's a viable option for him. You know, knowing him, and this is where it's tough, right? Because I can give advice based on knowing him, where sometimes where we get questions, we don't know the person's personality or whatever, but this guy's a hustler, man. He's in the zone, right? He He's just, he's really focused on a, a lot of details of his life in a very positive way. And so I think he could make a reasonable landlord if he viewed this as like a 10-year plan of some sort, because even if he did that and then still paid off the you know, his current property, and then he wanted to sell it in 10 years, he's still better off for it. When did he say he refinanced? How many years ago was that to a 15? Four, four years ago. Yeah, the so original purchase was in 08. 10-year plan, even if he only 
uh, makes the regular mortgage payment on it yeah. during for the next 10 years. Yeah, that's that's a pretty solid plan. Um, I would I would probably accelerate that after I had a nice little nest egg uh, or a you know slush fund for any repairs that would need to happen if uh, if we go down the rental route. Um, but then just check everything in the mortgage and and be prepared for that next opportunity that comes up for you. That, that it's not a bad idea, Pete. You've done this before. Well, I, I would say this, and it's important to note: uh, we are not real estate experts or real estate investing experts. However, the move we're talking about is a rather basic move with relatively low risk for someone who has described the way Kyle has described himself. Mm-hmm. And I should also mention being single doesn't hurt. Oh, no. Yeah. Having there's no one to support, so to speak. Yeah, yeah there's uh, there's there's not somebody else or a bunch of somebody else's that, that you need to worry about. There's no committee to run things by before you do them. Um, yeah, I, this is a, a pretty ideal situation if he wanted to venture into something that he may not have much experience with. Things are primed for uh, a reasonable shot at success, I think, for Kyle. Okay, here's what I would not do. I would not sell the home and buy another home because you're selling in a high market to buy in a high market. So there's really no theory there unless he just wants to get out of the house. However, I could conceive of him buying another moderately priced home or even nicer, keep this home. I think that's the power move there, especially if he has employment stability and earning stability. That is a great 10-year move that that, uh, he would not regret. Yeah, I, I think we are, I think we're, I think we're starting to show off with a, a great piece of advice, Pete. Oh, you're getting lippy. That's what a Twitter, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, uh, tweeter this week said that I seem to need to regulate my uh, caffeine levels and that you seem to be getting lippy on the show, especially with a performance review pending. Well, that's just one man's opinion. That is shared by your boss. Coming up after the break. Uh, I think we'll talk to Kristen, Queen of the Desert, uh, from the Your Mind Lane team. And then, Dane, we'll get back with you in the third segment. Can you just hang on for a little bit and we'll get back to you? Yeah, I'll just sit here and surf the internet. Yeah, just twiddle your thumbs. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. All right, back on the Pete the Planner show, uh, answering your money questions. Here's how you access us. You uh, email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. Our stable of stable geniuses answer your questions. And uh, here on the air, joining me is one of our stable geniuses, the queen of the desert, <laughs> Kristen from the Your Money Line team. Hello. Hey, Pete. How are you? Good. That's a new nickname for you. Queen of the desert. Do you like it? I, I love it. I hope it sticks. Absolutely. Is there sand outside of your home? Um, I actually have grass, but most people don't have grass. Queen of the desert, <laughs> Kristen from the Your Money Line team. All right, Queen of the desert. Uh, here is the question that you and I shall tackle this week. Hi, Pete. My son is going to college. Hmm, college next fall, and we are currently in the college application process. I have been debating about taking fifty thousand dollars from the four hundred one k plan as a loan and using it for his college education. Is this a good idea? I will be working for another 10 years. I know I can pay back the loan to my 401k, so I don't see any risk involved here. Please advise. Thanks. 
Okay, so Kristen, I'm going to let you take it while I pick myself up off the floor. <laughs> so I can I can I start with a disclaimer, Pete? Is that okay? Sure. I mean, I feel like I would be the one to get sued, but if you want to offer a disclaimer, feel free. Well, it just I feel like what this dad is trying to do is such an admirable thing. He's trying to relieve his student of the burden that is the cost of higher education. And that's so great. And that said, don't do it. Right. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. He's doing what uh, this all comes from a place of love and commitment. And hey, you know what? We're going to make a sacrifice for you, son. But as the queen of the desert notes, it's not really a good idea. It's not. Okay, so here's the deal with 401k loans. Everyone thinks they're okay because culturally people aren't against them enough. It's my money. Why can't I use it now? Well, the reality is it's hard enough to fund our futures, decades of a future without steady income. And that's what your 401k is to use to help supplement. And Kristen, when people take two steps back, even though they pay back the funds, they are out of the market during those timeframes. And those could be timeframes that you Absolutely. need those returns. That's one of the number one reasons why our team would advise someone against this is whatever he's taking out to fund his student's education, it's missing out on the opportunities of the market. And we can't, unfortunately, that's like the number one rule. We can't get that time back. Yet time is the most important element to growing your money. And especially the final 10 years. I mean, the reality is those final 10 years, whatever his balance is in his account right now, by the time he retires, should be doubled, right? Let's say my man's got $371,000 in there. And, and Christy, you may think, why did I choose that number? And I would tell you, because of the amount of coffee I've had today. And I just chose a number, 371000 It should be double, which is, <laughs> and now I've forced myself to do that math, $742,000 when he retires. But it will not be if he takes right. a loan. It won't even be close. Man, you know, it goes back to what we talk about all the time, you know, internally and then externally, sometimes on the radio. But it's that your number one re priority from a long term standpoint is retirement because you cannot borrow for retirement, yet you can facilitate a process to borrow for college, yet you shouldn't borrow for college right. from and your I retirement. I think that that's just another reason is I think that sometimes we use the, it's my money and I'm taking a loan. I'm paying myself back. I'm using air quotes. Like people on the radio can see me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good but job. if I it's still it. a debt and the primary purpose, as you said, for this 401k is to save for your long-term plan. And so let's look at vehicles that are specifically made for this. Let's make sure that you're filling out the FAFSA and let's make sure that we're exhausting our other options before we turn to a vehicle that wasn't made for this purpose. There's a couple other elements here, too. It's the idea that for most people, their largest asset outside of their home is their 401k. And so they look at it and then they make this relative judgment of, 
well, that's a lot of money. I can afford to take a little bit of money out of it. But what they think is because they think it's a lot of money that it is a lot of money and that it is sufficient to handle their retirement and the withdrawal along the way. And, and that is a Absolutely. major misconception. I would hurts always encourage someone, whether they're considering taking out a 401k loan for school or if it's house repairs or whatever, to run a retirement calculator and see you know, the reality of what is your financial situation because you need to know that first. You need to know where you stand in your long-term plan. And I fear that too many of us don't. And then maybe we can have a conversation about this, but that's probably going to be the end of the conversation for most of us. You know, it just occurred to me, and I don't remember if I mentioned this on the radio last week, but uh, here at Your Money Line, we are helping the Celadon workers who were uh, displaced by malfeasance. That's a good garage band, misplaced malfeasance. And basically, there was a bunch of fraud and whatnot, and 4,000 people lost their job, and uh, we are doing our best as a team to help people pick up the pieces and put a plan together. Kristen, imagine talking to someone from their team, their former team, Celadon, who had a 401k loan. Uh, Unemployment was put upon them very quickly. Help us understand what would happen if you had a 401k loan and you found yourself immediately unemployed. They have to pay it back. All of it. Yes. Yeah, they owe taxes on right. the uh, the withdrawal at that point because it, it is classified withdrawal after 60 days. So that's to say people who don't have income, they're in theoretically the worst moment of their career. Right at the end of this tax year, they are then forced to, in a couple months, come up with Absolutely. And that's that. true. And that that's true across the board. If someone's repaying a large amount on a 401k loan, I know about two people in my life that can say beyond the shadow of a doubt that they're going to work for their employer for the next five years. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, because an opportunity might come along, most of us can't say, you know, with 110% certainty, I'm going to be there. And the last thing I want for someone is a 401k loan to potentially hold them back from an opportunity. I think it's great that you were able right here on this show to state that you will be here for at least five years and your guarantee, 110% guarantee. <laughs> you I and think I are the two people. It's <laughs> great. And it allows me to sleep at night. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. I'm leaving this place. But anyway, um, so with the minute left that we have here, your boss is uh, the co-host of the show who's not on this segment right now. What's your, what's your favorite quirk of my co-host of this show so I can mock him when he gets back. Can you give me any dirt or do you feel like some quarterly bonus time? So I feel like I should say really great things about Damien and what a great boss he is and how he never takes on too much work. Oh, that's true. That is his downfall. You know, it's, it's always the joke, like when you interview for a new job and someone's like, what's your weakness? Like, what's your weak point? That's really true. And everyone's like, ah, I just worked. I, I take on too much. I work too hard. Like, that's legitimately. Yeah, exactly. that's legitimately. Dangerous. That's him. It's like, I, I, I did it all. It's done. I didn't sleep. All right. Queen of the desert. Kristen, thank you so much. Uh, second time on the show. We'll have you back. Uh, <laughs> January. Looks like Can I'll be come here. back in January. Are you available? Let me check your calendar. Yep. You're back. All right. Fantastic. Hey, thanks for your work. Hope you have a good holiday season and uh, 
Uh, coming up over the break, we're going to talk to your boss, Damian Dunn. This is the Pete the Planner Show. If you have any questions, you can email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. We'll do our darndest to answer it with snark. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. Back on the Pete the Planner show, uh, we had to restart this segment because someone on the show ruined a holiday secret for children around the world. So, good job, Dame. I, you know, I just do my part to spread uh, spread the truth everywhere. Dear Pete, my father recently passed away nine years after my mother in California. It's sort of a confusing first sentence. Yeah, my father recently passed away. I- I'm going to have to like. Uh, ad lib here okay. it used to have been nine years after his mother had passed away in california i loaned them this is back to the emailer because i did not loan this person's mother mm, money that's good i loaned them ten thousand dollars in 2006 to paint their house i never asked to pay, uh, be paid back until i received a copy of the trust my father had written up i sent a copy of the canceled check to the attorney who wrote up the trust and asked him to pass it along to the trustee my older sister. She is telling me that she has no way of knowing it was a loan and believes it was a gift from me to my parents. Her husband had asked me back in 2006 if I had gotten it in writing and I told him I had, yet he also is saying he believes it might be a gift. I printed out the copy of the check from my bank's online page one month after it was given to my parents. and At the bottom of the paper, the check is copied on is the date of 2006 any ideas? I'm not rich. And at the time I wrote the check, I was a single father with two sons in college. Thanks for any help you give me. Yeah. Oh, damn. Hmm. First of all, emailer, I'm not going to give you your name. I'm sorry you're in this situation. I, totally. I really, that's, that is not a, a position you, you'd think you'd find yourself in, you'd want to, I'm sure, whatever happened in 2006, you did it because it seemed like the right thing to do, and you probably did not give two thoughts to the idea that it could come back to bite you. You were just simply doing what a brother's got to do. And I, I sincerely appreciate that, and there needs to be people like you on this planet, or this planet would be in big trouble, despite the fact that this planet might be in big trouble. Dame, wow. Have you seen what I've seen things similar to this? Have you? Yeah, I I've definitely seen family conflicts over uh, trusts for sure. Um, So this doesn't terribly surprise me, but this is um, man, this is a bad situation. All right. Can we let's take a a sort of a strange uh, approach to this Dame. You are officially the trustee of an estate. Okay. Okay. And you are the uh, son of the person who has passed away. Okay. And your brother comes to you right now and says, hey, I gave mom and dad $10,000. I would like that $10,000 back. And you're the trustee of this estate. What do you do? I will answer that momentarily. However, (laughs) however. You turn it into me. My brother didn't come to me. My brother contacted the attorney who told him to send yeah, the check on to me. All right, let me read that part again. Yeah. I 
I received a copy of the trust my father had written up. I sent a copy of the canceled check to the attorney who wrote up the trust and asked him to pass it along to the trustee, my older sister. Yeah. Yeah, Dame, that's a great find, buddy. There's something there. There's there's something I'm assuming, unless it's uh, just standard operating procedure for that family to run all things trust-related through the attorney first. Um, otherwise, there th- that leads me to believe there are some ruffled feathers, and this is not the first uh, issue that they've experienced. I, I would say, you know, look, there actually are so – we were sort of – you said that somewhat ingest the idea unless they run things through their attorneys – I actually do know some families Mm -hmm. who run a lot of these sorts of things, every one of them through an attorney, even if it's from sibling to sibling. However, this gentleman noted, I am not rich. And at the time I wrote the checks as a single father with two kids in college. Yeah. So you are actually right, Dame, right? Like this, there, there is, there's something going on here. Um, Okay, I'm getting distracted by this point here and I need, I need your help clarifying it. Do you think he's hoping to get the $10,000 distributed prior to whatever his share of the trust is? Do you think that's the issue? Because otherwise wouldn't his inheritance from the trust just handle whatever that is? Or does he feel like he needs an extra 10,000? Yeah. You would assume that there are enough assets inside the trust that, the 10 grand would have been covered with the, the, the distribution or the income stream or whatever it's going to be. So I agree. I, I think this is supposed to come out first before everybody else gets whatever they're, uh, uh, allocated inside the trust. If it was in fact a loan, which, which gets to the bigger point. Sometimes when people exchange money, family, uh, with family members or friends for that matter, And no matter what the intent of both parties is, if one of the parties ends up dead, then how is the representative of the person who is dead supposed to know the intent? And that's the situation we find ourselves in. There's got to be some kind of documentation. And this gentleman said that he does have it in writing. I think the only thing he alluded to was a check. Uh, that he produced. And I don't know if there was something in the memo that, that may have said that, but I mean, you know, he, at this point it's going to be really tough because I would have thought the natural spot for him to do this would have been going through the probate process. If it was a documented loan that was still owed to him, he could have just submitted the claim against the estate and they wouldn't have had much of a choice. All right. All right. So, Let's go back to some of the language here because there's an extra point of confusion. Her husband had asked me back in 2006 if I'd gotten it in writing, and I told him I had, yet he also is saying he believes it might be a gift. I printed out the copy of the check from my bank's online page one month after it was given to my parents, and on the bottom of the paper the check is copied on is the date of 2006. Do you think the emailer is suggesting that this printed off check from a bank account with 2006 is the proof that it's a loan because if there was proof that was a loan that was pretty set forward this would be over because he would have just produced the proof exactly i i based on what has been shared with us i think the emailer is saying that the check is proof that it was a loan when 
in reality, what it sounds like to me is that the check is just a form of payment and there's no determination that can be made, whether it's a gift or a loan. You know, I would go as far as to say, even if in the memo section, it said a loan, I don't know if that would count either. It would, <laughs> it would help, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Look, we're not attorneys because we're fun to talk to, but I don't think that would count either. No, I, I think it would take a gracious trustee to say, yes, I agree. And, and cut a check for the 10 grand with just a note in a memo. And I don't believe we're up against a gracious trustee. And I don't mean that judgmentally, just it's observationally. Um, I feel really bad for the emailer. And I also feel that the trustee was put in a very difficult position. And if I were in that position, man, this is why I made you do it. Oh, yeah. You've got to give me your answer. (laughs) Oh, I do? Yeah, because that's how we set this up. Yeah. So what would you do, Dame? I'd say prove it. Uh, you're gonna have to show me something more than a, a endorsed check that that went through. For, you know, yeah, I'm with you because here's the thing: we like to think this is about oh, come on, we're siblings. It that's not the point. When you're the trustee of someone's estate, your loyalty isn't to your siblings; it's to the responsibility to yeah. execute the will uh, in the estate. Yeah, I they're putting in a uh, pretty rigid spot if they want it to be and i really think that's what they want it to be at this point based on kind of the feel of the email yeah yeah hmm so i guess our our advice to the emailer is we're very sorry i don't see how this gets resolved unless the proof that it was a loan is actual proof that can be submitted somewhere all right dame That's a tough one. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and current events. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is... All right, Dame. Uh, lithology granulite whiskey stones. Okay. You've heard of whiskey stones. Yeah. But few carry the ancient history that these possess. The stones are dark granulite hornblende, a 940 million year old stone from the Trois-Rivières area in Canada. Each stone is deep black and finally crystalline with a dark green translucence and bursts of coppery colors. They're perfect for keeping whiskey cold without watering down your dram and arrives as a set of four stones in a walnut case that is made in Quebec and coated with oil to protect the wood. $50. They sound beautiful. Uh, They're pretty good looking. Here's the thing. (laughs) This is my favorite part of it. They're currently sold out, but back in stock soon. What are they making more than 940 million? How soon? (laughs) Like 940 million years? They're on back order. Just a guy with a shovel out in the middle of Canada, like, ah, only 500 million years old. Keep looking. Ah. And by the way, look, I'm a science guy. Oh, wait, I'm not a science guy. 
but I respect the science. Just not my skill set, but I, I believe in science, which you don't have to believe in. You accept science because it's true and it's factual, right? Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> you could feel the setup there. How now? I, I know it's carbon dating, but I hate when it's like, this is 940 million years old. It's like, all right, Dave, prove it. <laughs> you don't know that, bro. <laughs> How could he possibly know that? Uh, they found an old uh, Casio G-Shock right beside it that uh, they said it was 940 million years old. 940 million years old. Uh, oh, nope. 941 million. We got it wrong initially. That's that's garbage, Billy. <sighs> Speaking of carbon dating, I, I, it's not related. Apple's AirPods Pro are sold out online ahead of the holidays. I bet they're easier and faster to make than a 940-year-old whiskey stone. <laughs> Probably. 940 million-year-old whiskey stone. Probably. Uh, so you can still find them on eBay at a $100 premium through third-party sellers. They're sold out pretty much everywhere right now. Apple has been out of stock since November, but now Best Buy, Walmart, Target, Amazon and others are sold out too. You know, Dane, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, maybe three weeks ago. No one knows, but in itself, it would have been like the 32nd largest company in the world, uh, or, or I, I AirPods themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what, uh, do you have them? Have we talked about this? I don't have them. I, I don't either. Do you care to have them? I would, I would give them a twirl. I feel like they're practical for what you do for a living. Yeah. I honestly, uh, I seriously considered uh, getting a set, but uh, I just don't know. I, I'm I'm on the fence. And until I'm convinced one way or the other, I, I just, I will remain on the fence. Well, since earlier you told me you don't take your kids to go see Santa, it's not like you could ask him for it. That's true. Shh. Yeah. Did you know that, uh, do you know that one of our coworkers might have run her husband's AirPods through the washer? Oh my. Uh-huh. Now I've got to think through. Oh, oh. Might have appeared, narrowed down. Might have appeared on this very uh, episode. Oh, oh. Mm. Lawmakers may kill a popular retirement tax break for the wealthy. Dan, when are the wealthy going to catch a break? I don't know. I, they just keep getting beat up on. New legislation would severely curtail a popular tax strategy known as the stretch. IRA. Have I mentioned recently on the show, it happened to me this week, Dame, how much I hate when people say IRA? No, I don't think you have. I've never mentioned that on the show. I don't know. Like nails on a chalkboard. Really? Yeah. I, don't, I don't care for it either, but I, I don't think you've ever mentioned that. Do you cringe? Uh, internally, yes. Yeah, see? Inherited IRAs and 401k plans would have to distribute all assets over a period of 10 years the new rules would apply to account holders who die after the end of the year. Dame, is it possible for you to give us just a brief overview of currently how a stretch IRA works? It's an inherited IRA. Someone passes away, but then you don't necessarily have to take distributions within this 10-year period. You can take them over a longer period of time, which allows the account to grow, right? Yeah. So uh, this pertains to non-spouse beneficiaries. So kids, grandkids, who are, you know, your neighbor, whoever you want to leave the money to, um, there is a, uh, a set uh, rate that, that has to be taken out uh, based on the balance of the account at the year end of the year. 
And that comes out each and every year for the rest of their, that person's, that beneficiary's life. What this new law is saying is that uh, it doesn't matter if you take a distribution each and every year or whenever you take it, but at the end of that 10 years, that account's got to be wiped clean and there can't be anything in there. So this is a way for the government to uh, speed up a little bit of that income uh, recapture that they have been foregoing with stretch IRA rules for a while. I'm going to make a comment that is a bit of a slippery slope. Uh, that's not a terrible idea, right? I mean, we, the reality is the government, whether we like it or not, it's going to need some tax revenue to run on. I, I don't find that to be a a terrible source of that additional tax revenue now, do you? No, I think it's, it's I mean, it's going to be uncomfortable or, or you know, just disappointing for, for somebody who's going to be facing this situation soon, but it's entirely reasonable to, uh, you know, ask you know, for them to get that account cleaned up in the, the next 10 years. So uh, it presents some interesting planning challenges and strategies for financial planners. Um, and if you are a uh, wealthy uh, person who has a large uh, IRA that you'll be leaving uh, people uh, in the future, and you may not be in the best of health, I would, uh, as the famous American poet James Hetfield said, sleep with one eye open uh, for the rest of 2019. Was that a Metallica reference? Indeed it was, my friend. That was smooth. Man, that was smooth. <laughs> Dame. Good on you. Thanks. You know, sometimes people get the best that they can be right at the end of... <laughs> All right, Dame, I've got an... <laughs> <I've got laughs> at the end of what, Pete? I've got uh, another uh, bonus bomb for you this week. I'm on the fence about this one, though, so I'm going to let you decide. It's OK Bluetooth cassette player. Combining one key modern component with a Walkman-inspired design, uh, NINM Labs, it's OK cassette player updates this once-beloved category. In addition to a built-in mic for recording onto the supplied blank tape, it also packs in Bluetooth 5.0 support, letting it work with wireless headphones and speakers. There's also a 3.5 millimeter jack for traditional wired headphones a clip for attaching it to your clothes or bag or belt 80s style and a transparent cover design that lets you watch as the wheels turn. It's $120. <laughs> so like, so on the, on, on one point you're like, that's kind of cool. If it was 1999, you got about- 120 bucks. And then like, I, I don't want to listen to my prerogative on repeat. Cause that's the only tape I have. I was going to ask if you've got a bunch of cassettes laying around the house, that still work. Okay, here's the question for you. If you left your studio right now and went inside your house, how long would it take you to find a cassette tape? Do you know where any are in your house? I don't know if I've got any in my house at this point. I, I, we, I don't think we do either. In fact, I think we'd be hard-pressed to find CDs. I, I know we have a few like kids stuff here and there, but there's no way. I've got some CDs and I've got some vinyl, but I don't think I've got any tapes. Of course you have vinyl. Some Metallica? Uh, sure. Wow. Wow. You gave up on that conversation real quick. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Pete. Dame, I am so thankful that uh, your team serves our clients. And you too, sometimes. So, Dame, Merry Christmas to you. Happy Hanukkah. All of the other festivities happy holidays as they say war on radio 
Uh, Dame, that's all we have time for this week. I think we actually are going to do a show next week, a Happy New Year show. Fun. And then we'll see what we do from there. We might take a break. No one knows. Seeing you good vibes. Good vibes are all this in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. <laughs>